Lazy Person's Book Club presents... You can blame it on the season, blame it on the weather, oh, blame it for no reason, on a feather... Blame it on Hoboken! It's the funny, music-fueled, modern love story with a touch of mystery set in Frank Sinatra's hometown. You can blame it on the game, blame it on the Today's battle, episode, blame it on my name. What gives? Brought to you by... He sings, he wows, he writes, Jim Walker stars in Normal Heights. Jim Walker's Normal Heights is a hilarious, poignant solo play with music about family, love, and inclusion. Get showtimes and more at normalheightsshow.com. Previously on Blame It on Hoboken, New York City tour guide Carolyn Cates hires a pushy New Jersey matchmaker named Jimmy Foss in a Sinatra impersonators club in Hoboken. To thank him for his hard work, she has decided to give him a truly special gift by reuniting him with the family he hasn't seen in 15 years. We join Carolyn and her genius high school intern, Wendy, in the home office of her company, True City Tours in Greenwich Village. Okay, let me repeat this assignment back to you so I can be clear that you've lost your mind. You want me to help you find the family of a missing person who's not missing? That's right. A family this non-missing person has been avoiding? More or less. Which is it? More or less? Okay, you're right. You're right. It's not more or less. That's the assignment exactly. Well, I gotta tell you, this makes my practical philosophy class look like a Saturday morning cartoon. And it violates every precept they taught us in ethics. We are entering a gray area, but Jimmy Foss has been a really good friend to me. And you want to thank him for his friendship by reuniting him with his long-lost family, who may be lost for a very good reason, by the way, by surprise. Couldn't you just buy him a tie? He's got a closet full of neckties. What he needs is a family tie. He thinks he doesn't want to see them, but that's only because he feels abandoned by them. He wants to get in touch with them, I can tell. If you had seen the way he looked at my family last night, you'd agree. But everyone looks at your family that way. Most people's parents play by the rules. Either that or they're a mess. My mom's a mess. My dad wants me to be a forensic accountant, just like him and my grandmother. But you, you won the ancestral lottery. Your parents are totally original. You can be anything you want to be, and your folks are going to be fine with it. They're not fine with all this. What do you mean? My parents think I'm wasting the valuable education they gave me. If I really cared about them, I'd get lost with them. But still, I'd be living on the opposite side of the world and I'd be doing the opposite of what I'm doing now. Whoa, you're not an outcast. It's more like you're an in-cast in a family of outcasts. I hate to take sides, but that makes your parents even cooler. In a way that's annoying for you, but really impressive for the rest of us. You get that? I guess. But your situation colors your point of view. Objectively, you should be looking at things in black and white. You can't, but I can. And here's what I'm seeing. Your friend Jimmy admires your parents, so you think he wants to see his parents. But is that what he needs, or is that what you think he needs? We covered that concept last semester in psychology. It's called projection. You think you're being generous, but maybe you're just being selfish. It's hard to know. Carolyn considered this possibility for a moment. She wasn't sure what to think about it, so she sidestepped it. Okay, let's remove me from the picture. Let's look at Jimmy's situation as an Enid Hobbs story. Jimmy is Enid. The architect is his family. 
Time is the ocean that's keeping them apart. Will they reconnect in time? The answer is yes, if we help. Wendy shook her head. Her necklace of mismatched keys jingled its signature tune, bright and charmingly pointed like its owner. Mm, that's a really imperfect analogy, not to mention totally emotionally manipulative. We learned about that in psychology, too. But I believe you really care about this guy, and that's what matters, so... Wendy swiveled Carolyn's computer screen to her side of the desk. The chances of finding Jimmy's family are pretty needle in a haystacky. But look on the bright side. If we don't find his family in the haystack, we won't have to cross the ethical bridge of reuniting them. How do you like that twisted metaphor? It's terrible. Well, you're not the only one around here who's good with bad syntax. So, here we are. The website for New Jersey's Department of Revenue, Taxation, and Finance. Your matchmaker told you his parents divorced 15 years ago, and he has an older brother and a younger sister, right? Okay. Hmm. Let's try this. Okay, but why are we starting in the tax department? Folks don't hide their relatives when they can deduct them. It sounded like a promising idea, but Wendy couldn't find a family named Foss that matched Jimmy's description. Our search has shown nothing related to a guy Jimmy's age named Jimmy or James Foss. What do we do now? We start over. Numbers don't lie, but lots of people do. You think Jimmy lied about his family? I think he told you the truth about his family, but I think he lied about his name. And that complicates things in one way, but it shrinks the haystack in another way. Same guy, different name. Wow, it's a brilliant idea. It's demographics. The number of people in any population is a specific number. 12 million people in New York City, 360 million in the United States. You can subdivide that number depending on what kind of person you're studying. Women over 30 under 6 feet tall, men born in New Jersey. These are category names, and they're pretty solid. But people's given names? That's another story. Names can change or get changed. Someone gets married. Someone gets divorced. Someone gets gender reassignment surgery like my dad's stepbrother, Grace. I've always liked that name. Yeah, it suits her. But here's the interesting thing. People who want to shape their future will change their first names. People who feel wounded by their past are more likely to change their surname. It's like they're writing their own history, starting with the main character's name. That sounds like Jimmy. All right, then. We need to find Jimmy's family's surname. And we have two possibilities. Option one, Jimmy Foss created a last name with no relationship to his family's last name. In that case, we're what I would call, in my professional capacity as your family finding intern, screwed. The second possibility, Jimmy modified his family's surname to create his current last name of Foss. I like option two. Me too. So, our next step is to play a game of word scramble to figure out what his original family name is. We could rearrange the letters in his current last name, F-O-S-S, which gets us things like Asifs, Asif, Fososo, Sifos. None of which, yeah, no, none of which sounds last namey. Agreed. Or we could keep the letters O-S-S and add a new first letter. Let's do that. Okay. To start with the F in Foss. We remove that and start at the top of the alphabet, substituting the letter A for the missing F. And we get possible real surnames for Jimmy's family of origin, which is... Aos? Yeah, no way. A smart kid would change that name in a second. And besides, there are no families named Aos in Hoboken that match Jimmy's family makeup or time frame. 
We swap in the letter B. B plus os, boss. No New Jersey kid in his right mind would change a name like that. And besides, there are no matches for a family like Jimmy's with that name. Cos, dos, eos, goss, nothing. Hoss, joss, loss, still nothing. Although, how ironic would that be? A kid named Loss who gets lost? There were a lot of families named Moss, but none of them was Jimmy's family. Nos, os, pos, quas. And then they got two Ross. Maureen and Tom Ross of Hoboken, New Jersey, had separated 15 years ago. They had a daughter, who was the age of Jimmy's sister, and two sons, one of whom was reported missing the same year that Jimmy had left or disappeared from home. It's them. It's gotta be them. I'd turn this in for extra credit, but I'd get expelled. For what? Well, let's just say that not all of the records I've accessed are open to the public, technically. But I'm pretty sure I covered our tracks. Potentially. Okay, we've found Jimmy's family. Now we reunite them. But how? What brings families together? Weddings and funerals, christenings and graduations. Or you could offer them a prize. We learned that in marketing class. You want people to do something? Give them something. People are suckers for giveaways. I'll give them a tour. A Ross-related tour. That's a good idea. Tell them they want it in a random drawing. People are suckers for good luck and fate. But how do I invite them? I can't just call them up and tell them a bunch of lies out of the blue and expect them to show up somewhere. Of course you can. Keep your sentences short and be really specific about the details. They'll believe anything you say. Did you learn to lie in marketing class too? <laughs> no, I learned that by being 16. Include this episode of Sharon Glassman's Novel with Songs, Blame It on Hoboken, available at SharonGlassmanLive.com. Today's episode features, in alphabetical order, Nina Raleigh as Wendy, Connor Magyar as the announcer, Sharon Glassman as Carolyn and the narrator. The songs of Blame It on Hoboken are written by Sharon Glassman and produced by Eric Tureen. Join us next week, same time, same location, for another music-filled episode of Blame It on Hoboken. Blame It on Hoboken comes to you from Studio To Be or Not To Be in Longmont, Colorado, and is syndicated on the Longmont Compass. Write our names and blame with it. No two days the same on it. Stake a claim for fame on it. Blame it on Hoboken. But baby, stay with me.